All right, we'll open up the lines uh, shortly on the Metro FM as well as Radio 2000, 089-110-3377, 089-110-2000. The voice notes, 060-584-2250. It's Reaction Monday. Post the Comrades Marathon. The cricket today, unfortunately, the weather had the better of the day, so the, the weather is the winner. No play possible. And I do believe that all is going well with uh, Saddam on his trek from Cape to Cairo. You know, when I call both of Saddam, then you know. I was thinking the worst for both when I mention a name like that. Oh, my goodness. But he says it's safe, though. He's actually posting videos of himself. Well, I don't think he knew that he was being taken a video of himself washing because we've always been concerned um, about that. But hey, let, let's quickly move to something very, very important. The sexual abuse as well as harassment being endemic in the football industry with dangerous men abusing their power on vulnerable women. And as Africa readies itself for the continental showpiece, which is the Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt. It is the CAF president, Ahmed Ahmed, who is stealing the limelight. And why? Sexual allegations continue to swirl around him. It was something else last week. This time around, it's issues of sexual harassment. And fresh off a Paris arrest last week on corruption allegations, it continues to Paul for Ahmed Ahmed. Well, he's long been accused of sexually harassing female CAF staff members, paying bribes to various officials and using CAF's funds for illicit gains. Let's talk to a journalist who's been very close to the story. Football journalist for the New York Times and author of Football's Secret Trade, Tariq Panja, who joins me on the line uh, coming through live from Montpellier. Tariq, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to MSW. Good evening. My pleasure to be with you. Obviously, like we said, it, it, it's been it's been hell for the president of CAF, and it just seems that the sexual harassment case is intensifying. Where are we? Can you put us up to speed in terms of where we are? What's the latest? With, with, with that portion of the, the story, and the sad thing is uh, with, with uh, Ahmed, is that there are several lines of investigations. You, you alluded to them in the introduction to, to your piece just now. Uh, as far as I know, the sexual harassment stroke abuse of power uh, allegations are with FIFA, and they are being investigated. Initially, they came from a dossier that was compiled by the ousted uh, Secretary General of CAF, Amir Fami, uh, who has been uh, the center of uh, um, the, pretty much the meltdown, I think it's fair to say, of CAF. The meltdown CAF is undergoing right now. There seems to be some sort of internecine warfare between uh, and among individuals in high places at CAF. Fami was um, thrown out, uh, I believe, just 
around the last meeting of the CAF executive last month. However, since then, I understand two women have directly written to the Secretary General of FIFA, an African woman, of course, Fatma Samura, and I understand she has then passed those allegations to the Ethics Committee. Now, it's interesting uh, for Samura as well. She is close or has been close uh, as a confidant, as an advisor to Ahmed Ahmed in his short time. I say short time in FIFA land. Two years is not very long, given that we've had leaders for, for you know, five years, ten years, etc. But, but Fatma Samura has been a close aid ally of, of Ahmed Ahmed over the years. So that, that potentially makes things a little bit more complicated. In talking about the complications, though, I, I do believe, though, Tariq, that they're, they're very detailed accusations against him, uh, that this is not just something, uh, what, pie in the sky. These are very serious. Yeah, they're, they're different. Um, and I guess, you know, it's a question of timing, uh, where we are right now in the debate about sexual harassment globally, things that people thought were, were, were fine, even though, you know, most of us would find them repulsive. We're able to go by the by, certainly in the workplace. Um, uh, what's interesting is culturally, uh, CAF is based in Cairo, in Egypt, a conservative country in many ways, a Muslim country. So it has been very, very difficult. For, for women to come forward to make the allegations, and they're different allegations depending on um, the, the person making the complaint. So you have to bear in mind as well, they have been um, very brave uh, to, to actually um, make the complaint in the first place. Some of them have been spoken to. I, I, I was only able to publish the names of one of the... Um, one of the women accusing Ahmed Ahmed of abusing his power over women, that was a, a, a consultant from Mali, Mariam Diakite. She claims that she lost a, um, a, a contract to uh, help arrange a major symposium on Africa. That was the landmark symposium that kind of announced Ahmed's arrival as the president of African football at, uh, about two years ago. She had an altercation with him in a, in a, in a, in a hotel over this. Um, throwing an object at him, it, it caused a huge, huge storm um, within months of him being elected. Um, she was willing to put her name out there on, on, on this issue because, again, she feels it's, it's important and there are other women involved. She didn't know, she felt she had been the only one. Um, another, another woman I spoke to this time on condition of anonymity, I asked her, look, why have you waited so long? She said, well, what was I going to do? I didn't think anyone would hear me. And here lies the problem. What are the reporting mechanisms? Why do these women not feel confident enough to, to raise their hand to tell people what, what's happening to them? And also, on the same line, why do these men feel empowered that they think they can do you know, whatever they want without consequence? Um, and let me just make clear, Ahmed denies all of these allegations against him. He says they are smears to... Um, ruin his name, ruin his reputation. The woman, the anonymous lady you talk about that you did write about again, Tariq, uh, in, in your piece, um, I mean, she was there to do translation work, and we all know how football and conferences work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and then she said, you know, she filed a complaint with the police in London because she had to leave almost immediately uh, based on 
you know, the encounter that she had just had. And, and it just seems like you rightfully say that uh, feeling disempowered, feeling like nobody's going to take you seriously, you even go as far as going to London to try and, and file a case against somebody uh, who you were doing work for in a different part of the world. That's right. I believe the, she, she lived in the UK, so the British citizen felt more confident there. Um, this, this incident that you're referring to happened in, in, in Morocco at the same at the same event where there was the altercation with with uh, with uh, alleged um, incident with Mariam Diakite. So that's interesting that the two two incidents happened in exactly the same forum. Um, and it, again, it's it's where do you feel safe? Where can I feel safe? Can I have to go home to the UK and file a file a file a police complaint there? And what I understand, having looked at the uh, a police report is that the UK police, and there's very little they could do from there, and have referred it back to Moroccan authorities. You know, I wouldn't hold my breath, um, uh, to be honest with you, to see whether, whether anything will be done on that side. Hmm. And what about, because I always try and think of, you know, men sometimes might club together and uh, support each other because they supported, let's say, Ahmed Ahmed to be in the position that he is in. Uh, but you also find a very powerful individual like Aisha Johansson, uh, one of only two female African soccer leaders that are there. Has she intervened? Has she said anything? Has she been involved one way or the other, uh, given the magnitude of these allegations? Look, what I, what I understand is Aisha Johansson was involved in the initial stages because as one of few females, sadly, in this, in this extremely masculine world of international football, and it's not just in Africa, it could be anywhere, there are very, very few female leaders. Uh, she was in the venue when um, the situation with Ahmed and Diakite um, blew up. She was called... Uh, to, to, to speak with the Akite to calm her down at the time. Um, and, you know, I've tried to talk to her about this. She said she confirmed the Akite details, but refused really to tell me anymore because, because the issue is, uh, is the subject of an ethics complaint. But she said she was willing to speak to um, the, the FIFA ethics investigators and explain everything. But one of the other, you know, one of the elements, one of the reasons they wanted her, Aisha, to, Johansson, to speak to her was to try and sort of stop this blowing up, sort of stop, you know, stop it from, from, from um, sort of getting out into the public domain as it has now. We're talking, um, you know, 18 months, two years ago when the, when, when the incident happened. So again, you know, you're, you know, there is a, you know, there's an element of let's not let this problem get out of hand. Let's keep it in house. And again, there's that part of the culture of, of football that, that, that we've had over the years of trying to settle all this, you know, within within the confines of the institution, within the confines of the organisations, uh, let's try and cut a deal. Let's try and make it go away. Unfortunately for them, and fortunately, I guess for the wider world, some of this stuff finally is is getting a uh, public airing and and may lead to to changes. The hashtag Me Too campaign obviously is one of a of a global magnitude and 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 garners a lot of social media drive and is there in people's faces. We all know about it and it's it's got a lot of support. And given the World Cup that's currently underway and there's a major focus on sexual harassment and all the 
ills and evils uh, that happen within the world where male dominance over female uh, is, is, is a major, major subject. Tariq, where, where do you think this will end? Because we saw last week how the authorities really swooped on an opportunity uh, to arrest Ahmed. Uh, yes, he was released, but he's still able to be subjected to further uh, arrest or questioning, as we do understand. Do you think anything as stringent as that might happen here? Uh, hard to do because, um, I, like I said, the, the only the only the only police complaint I'm aware of is that one in London, and that's been referred to Moroccan authorities. I have very little visibility uh, over that, um, and uh, so it's it's hard to know. But what you're talking about it happening on the on the um, on the heels or or around the women's world cup here that kind of increases the focus. It's to me. You know, there should be an emphasis to look at the disparity in terms of um, senior figures in soccer, both, you know, from, a, you know, in the administrative level, at, at CAF level, at UEFA level, at FIFA level. How many how many women are in positions of power? These organizations, the um, executive committee of FIFA, for example, is is heavily skewed for men. There are only six women in it, and a lot of them have just been co-opted say very little because they have been, in, in my view, uh, chosen, picked specifically because they say very little. They won't rock the boat. They are in, they are in FIFA to, um, well, it's not a bad life, is it? It's about $250,000 a year. You go to three or four meetings. How much are they doing, really, to have their voices heard about female empowerment in, in soccer and football? I, I think extremely little. So maybe some of these cases, we heard about the horrific case recently of the Afghan president who, you know, has been banned for life for, 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 for serious uh, uh, sexual assaults um, on multiple soccer players in the Afghan um, football system. Um, you know, this should act as an impetus, a wake-up call to, to, to kind of put, put processes and people in place. This shouldn't be the clubby male atmosphere that we've had for so long. Always love reading articles, uh, Tariq. Thank you so much for your time and for that update. I mean, we'll keep our ears, eyes open. We'll try and find out what the latest is. It is an important issue. It affects people even here in South Africa. Journalists uh, we hear from time to time who are female, wanting to make a big name for themselves, wanting to get into the space of football and sport, uh, finding themselves being se- sexually harassed. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing new, but it's a case of what is being done. And I think up until such time as something is done, would this be taken seriously? Because there has to be end consequences. Really, really appreciate your update. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Nice to be with you. Thank you so much. That's the New York Times as well as author uh, Tariq Panja, who's a football journalist as well, joining us on the line, reporting on all things that have to do with Ahmed Ahmed. It just never stops, does it?